Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's good to see you all here today. Those of you who are watching online, God bless you. If you don't know who I am, I'm Brandon Hill, the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. It is a sweet presence here, and I'm glad that His presence is in this place. Daily I shall worship thee, Lamb of Calvary. Thank you. Hebrews chapter one. Let's go. Everyone, let's read it all together. Let me hear your voice. So it says, God, who at various times. Come on, wake up. Let me hear you. Let's go. Has in these last days spoken to us. Verse three, let me hear you. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all the things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I want to talk to you briefly from the subject seated, seated. Ladies and gentlemen, we are hearing this text in the book of Hebrews. I'm not here to tell you who the writer of Hebrews is because it's big debate whether it was Apostle Paul or someone else. However, I'm here to tell you that there's the writer of Hebrews is trying to get something across to us about the uh, the authority, the 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 uh, the authority of Christ, his uh, superiority, his deity, and so the Hebrew writer spends a lot of time in trying to. Uh, encourage uh, the newfound uh, Jewish believers to follow and continue to follow Christ because there's been a lot of persecution that's going on and some feel instead of facing persecution it would be better for them to just convert back it's better than to just go back. Have you ever noticed that even when you are giving your life to Christ and sometimes people feel like, man, if I would have known all of this, I would have just stayed where I was. Well, that's the part of it is to try to lure you back into uh, uh, those things that were not good for you. Lure you back into a world of sin, a world of condemnation and shame. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if this walk was easy, everyone would do it. But Jesus told us that there is a way that's narrow. Not many people take this way. All right. So that's what he told us. Because this role, ladies and gentlemen, that we have, ladies and gentlemen, is, 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 is a narrow way of, of trying to overcome your flesh. It is this lifetime that we experience with trials, tribulations, and persecution is about overcoming our own flesh. Yes, you. 
the one that is the one that uh, uh, the flesh that is with uh, uh, enmity, meaning that is constantly against God. Your flesh does not want to do the things of God. Therefore, that's why you need to be born again, because if you're not born again, you will never be able to live righteous. If you are not born again, you will not ever be able to fulfill what God has on your life. Say, I hear you. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, the Hebrew writer is trying to get them to constantly contend and stay uh, uh, encouraged in their walk with God. All right. In this new way. And so he's trying to tell them and convince them again that Jesus is the real thing. He is, ladies and gentlemen, in our in our particular text, what Hebrew writer is trying to get across to us is that Jesus is the ultimate or the superior revelation of who God is. He is the superior revelation. He is the supreme. That means there is no other revelation coming from God outside of what has been given to us through Jesus Christ. If someone tells you that they have another revelation, meaning something that will expound upon this very book, then it is false. It is not real. It is man-made. And so the reality is, is that God gives us the conclusion, the finality, the finality of the matter through Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I say? And so here we have it, ladies and gentlemen, where is uh, he begins to open up in his very first verse. And he says uh, uh, and he wants to make sure that you understand that Jesus is not created. He always was. It says God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophets. So in the Old Testament, God spoke through prophets. You, Moses was a prophet. You have Elijah, who was a prophet. You had uh, Elisha, who was a prophet. You had Samuel, who were prophets. The prophets in that dispensation were God's mouthpiece for those people at that time. You had Isaiah, who was a prophet, who Isaiah could be looked at as another gospel because in Isaiah, the word, the word salvation is mentioned 23 times more than any other Old Testament book. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that you have uh, uh, that God spoke through the prophets. But now in this new dispensation, God speaks only through his son. Hey, guys, it's Bowie here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. And I need you to go ahead and download our TCF Church app. Per usual, you can catch our sermons, inspirational messages and updates. But we have something new, our community circle chat. Feel free to go ahead and start engaging with us in the app in real time. And of course, you can still find it in the Google Play Store and the App Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. Ultimately, he speaks through his son. And this is what verse 2 says. I'm just laying the foundation with you really quickly to get to where I want to really go. Has in these last days spoken to us by his who? Son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. So the Hebrew writer is telling you that not only that he speaks in the last day by his son, but also he was appointed heir of all things. It was through Jesus that all of the worlds were made. How do I know this? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus would say that I am the bread. Speaking of the bread of life, meaning that he is 
the word, ladies and gentlemen. And here's the thing about the word. It's when God spoke, the Trinity is found in creation. Is that the spirit hovered over the face of the earth. And then when God spoke, the word being Jesus created what came out of the mouth of God. Are you hearing what I say to you? And so through the word, the Bible in John, the book of John would say, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word in that text is referring to who? Jesus. Because John wants you to know of his deity, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is not another prophet that some religions would give him, that he was a great prophet or he was a great philosopher. He's more than all of that. He is God himself who created all the things that you see here. It was by the word of the father that the son went to work and created and the worlds were formed. The worlds were formed I want you to get that through your system the worlds the worlds were formed through him through Jesus the Christ that's what the Hebrew writer is letting you know he's saying listen he existed before time he is also the ancient of days he is not just somebody who just talks a good game no 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 no. he's the real thing he's the genuine article he is God And that's what he's saying, that now God speaks through his son, number one, and now he's appointed him heir of all things. He is heir to the father because God has appointed him now of all things. Now, here we have it. Now we go to verse three, as I really wanted to get my attention to. So you understand that here we go. It says, who being in being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Again, you see that Jesus holds everything by the word of what? His power. And he holds everything by what? His what? Word. His word is what holds everything together. You need to know in your own life that God's word is going to hold everything in your world together. It is his word that's still holding you together. Are you hearing what I say to you? It's his word that's still holding everything together. He is the brightness of his glory, meaning that he is is the radiance of the glory of the father. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm reminded about a a particular passage of scripture where the uh, disciples asked Jesus to show us the father. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. Why was Jesus saying that? Because he was trying to let you know that he is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Uh, That means that he, if you've seen him, then you've seen his father. The same radiance that is on me is what's being expressed through my own father he said I am he I am he I am the image of my father I am that I am upholding all things and the Bible says when he had himself purged our sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high here's where we want to go say I'm say Jesus is seated say the confidence say Jesus is seated this is significant because we tell, talk to you about his death. We talk to you about his burial. We talk to you about his resurrection. But sometimes we don't talk to you or elaborate on enough his ascension. 
Jesus ascending is the finality and the conclusion of his redemptive work. So what I'm trying to get across to you is the fact that Jesus is sitting is a very important thing for you and I to understand. Because it's number one, Jesus being seated signifies the completion of his atoning work. Meaning that Jesus is not coming back down here to atone for any more sins. Meaning that when he said it was finished on the cross, gave up the ghost, and said into and committed his spirit unto the Father, that means that it was done. Once and for all time. Jesus ain't coming back again in the in, in that manner to atone for sin. The next time Jesus comes back is to, to, to set his kingdom here on the earth. So he's not atoning anymore. That's what makes, see, that's why I be trying to tell people is that, listen, if you really understand salvation, you will really understand that Jesus is a conclusion of the matter, meaning that he completed the work. If I could lose my salvation, then his atoning work is in vain. If I can lose this salvation, then that means that what he did on the cross could not keep me. So it is his atoning work after he was done atoning for your sin. Let me, let me tell you something. He is the ultimate sacrifice because he was a perfect spotless lamb. That means that Jesus lived this human experience without committing any type of sin. He lived this human experience overcoming the temptations you and I face. The reason why Jesus came here on the earth and the reason why he went, did things the way he did it is so that you can identify with him. Jesus is our chief high priest and he's in touch with our infirmities. Why? Because Jesus was tested like you are tested. Jesus is tempted like you were tempted. Don't you think for one second that Jesus was not tempted? Jesus was tempted at the end of 40 days by, oh my God, by Satan himself. And yet every time Satan tempted him, he told him, don't tempt the Lord thy God. He came back with the word of God over Satan. Satan don't care about your flattery words. What he cares, what he what, what's going to defeat Satan when you are tempted is the word of God being thrown back at him and the word of God being an application in your life. That's how the word works. If you don't apply it, it ain't going to work for you. If you don't apply what you hear on Sundays, it's not going to work for you. All I'm doing is lecturing you if it don't apply, if you're not applying it. That's the thing about the word of God. The word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing bone and marrow. It gets down into the deepest, darkest places of your very life. And guess what? It don't leave anything unhide. Because guess what? The word of God is going to expose who you really are, what you try to cover up. And the word of God puts a mirror in your face and say, listen, you got a long way to go. So people who have the good thing, it's good to pray. But if you're not in this, ladies and gentlemen, how is it that you knowing that you're short? You got to know so that you can start applying things. You, you asking, oh, I got to move by faith. But if you're not applying the way that God says to move by faith, then how are certain things you're going to see supernatural miracles or things happen in your life? That's the reality. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, he is atoning. He's done it on the cross. He finished it for once and all time. This is now the dispensation of grace that if anybody, ladies and gentlemen, would give their life to Christ in this time, at this moment, will inherit the same inheritance that's been given to Christ. And that's eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, his atoning work, it says when he had finished, he sat down. That means he's done. Done. All right. Let's do this. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, uh, da, 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 da. Hebrews 10, verse 11 says, And every priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. This is in the Old Testament. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. After he was done, I'm going to pause something real quick. Some of you are too busy. You're doing too much. And the reality of the matter, after you are done the assignment, sit. Enjoy the conclusion of the matter. Rest. I don't got to keep going on and on like an energizer bunny. Jesus what? Sat down. I'm done. I'm going to sit. I don't have none. I'm sitting. He said after he was done, he sat down at the right hand of who? God. Here we go. And from that time waiting till his enemies are made his what? Footstool. So if the enemies of God are made uh, his footstool, then what do you think the enemies in your life are? Come on. Come on. Come on. You'll, you'll catch it in a second. Here we go. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified, meaning that his his finished work is perfecting those of us who've made a commitment to follow him. And he has sanctified us forever. He's perfected forever, meaning this is in the past tense. You are. For by one offering, he is perfected forever, meaning that you are in God's eyes already perfected, but you are what's happening is you are being constantly transformed to meet what you already have been perfected. Are you getting what I'm saying? That I am in God's eyes perfected. But what God is doing is he's transforming me into the image to look like what Jesus has already done. You have to remember what we said earlier. Say, I don't have to try. I just have to be. Say it again. Say, I don't have to try. I just have to be. I just have to be what Jesus has already said and accomplished what I am. I don't have to try to be perfected. I am perfected. He said his finished work, atoning work. Can I continue to go a little further? Ladies and gentlemen, another thing, Jesus being seated is very important for you to understand because the next aspect you have to understand that Jesus being seated vindicates his deity. 
his, 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 him being seated vindicates his deity. What are you talking about? Meaning that he is God. Where am I going to take you? Psalm 110 verse 1. It's not on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. It says this. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Yeah. It says David put this messianic him. Messianic announcement that he said, the Lord said to my Lord, the Lord is capitalized. And the other, when he says to my Lord is also capitalized, meaning that God is saying to Jesus, come sit at my right hand. No angel has been able to sit at his right hand. No, no other deity can sit at the right hand of God, meaning that it, it vindicates the fact that Jesus said who he is. Moses don't sit at the right hand of the father. This is what Hebrew writers trying to tell you. Moses don't sit there. Your precious Abraham don't sit at the right hand. The only person that sits at the right hand is Jesus. So, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes down to when people want to make a deal as Jesus is God, the truth of the matter is because he's seated there. That vindicates who he is. He's God. He's God. It vindicates him. It proves the fact that he is God. Because no other person can sit there unless they be God. <sighs> All right. Let's move on. Listen, another thing I want to show you, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, uh, Jesus being seated, uh, uh, it, it, it signifies his position and power. Ladies and gentlemen, it signifies, it signifies his position and power. Hebrew writer says, again, in verse 1, here is the main point. Here's the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic the majestic god in where heaven so people ask where is jesus he's in heaven fully glorified seated in honor where is his position i'm in honor Philippians would tell us that now the father has given Jesus a name that's above any other name that's how honored he is all right, if this is not enough Bible for you to help you understand, let's go a little further because all this is going to make sense to you in just a moment. And not only that, here we go. Here we go. Let me give you another one. Here we go. 1 Peter 3.22 says, Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God? Angels, authorities, and powers haven't been made subject to him. That Jesus has authority in all of heaven and all of the earth and even under even things underneath the earth. Underneath the earth. Meaning demons, principalities, the people of the dark world. Jesus has authority over everything. And it's subject to who? Him. The devil tried to give him an offer, said, if you throw yourself off, I'll give you this world. But the thing about what Satan can't give him, you can't give him the worlds of worlds. <laughs> Meaning that he couldn't give him something that he already knew he had. He just had to complete the work. You have to realize something that Satan, he can offer you things and he, can, he did offer him something that was something that you could think about. Something that you could think, hey, I can offer you this. 
I can offer you this, but you have to realize that God's offer is bigger than Satan's offer. And you have to also realize, ladies and gentlemen, that though he may offer something to you, that you have to understand in the short term, you can't make a decision in the short term that's going to affect your long term. And so a lot of people give in to temptation because they want to get somewhere quick. They don't want to actually go through the cross to actually get crowned. But the reality is, if you go through the cross, you're going to see a crown. And that crown, ladies and gentlemen, is going to make you ruler over the earth. Reality is, is that you got to go through a prayer. You got to go through the cross and nobody want to go through the cross. But if you go through the cross, uh, you're going to see the crown. You just got to go the long way. I can't cut it. I got to go the long way. Ladies and gentlemen, God took the, God took the Israelites on the long way. He didn't shortcut them. He could have took them away that could have got there sooner, but he didn't. He takes you the long way. Ladies and gentlemen, who hates the long way? I do. I hate the long way. Don't take me to D.C. And then if I'm going to go to D.C. and you take me to Paris before I go to D.C., it don't work. I need to go to D.C. Don't take me here and I, I mean, you're giving me all these scenic routes. I don't want the scenic route. Take me there. Get me straight there. I don't like sitting in traffic. Take me there. You get what I'm saying? Take me straight to my destination. And oftentimes with God, he never takes you just directly to the destination. There's some things he'll take you through some mountains before you get to your destination. It ain't your destination, but it take you through some mountains. Then you go to the mountain, then you all go all the way down to some valleys. He'll take you through some valleys before you get to a destination. Then not only that, he'll take you through some wilderness experience before you get to your destination. And then you're going through all of this stuff, and you're trying to figure out, why can I not just get there already? The irritants is not being there already. But then you realize that I learned that God was a healer and a provider at the mountain. Then I realized that God is able to be my shepherd through the valley and then I realized that God is my provision through the wilderness and then I eventually I learned these things about God on the way to my journey and you gotta love the journey that you have why? because every experience is letting you know who God is on another level so that you can bring somebody else alongside with you say I hear you the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus is positioned. He has power. He does not have power. That was <laughs> Jesus got power because of his work, not because of deception. Jesus got his power rightfully and legally. Hallelujah. And you have to realize that, ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that you get. And if you take certain offers that may be tempting you, you get it illegally and it doesn't seem to last. But if you go the way of God you will get it the right way and you will keep it alright there's a position of power everything has been subjected to him now why is all of this important it leads me to the conclusion of the matter what is the conclusion you may be asked this is why Jesus being seated is important because the redeemed are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. Why is this significant? 
it's not that I'm seated with Jesus when I get to heaven. No, it is a reality that I experience right now on this side of eternity. What am I trying to tell you? That if Jesus has now, if I am an heir of, of, of Christ, if I'm a joint heir with Christ, that means, ladies and gentlemen, that I share in his same benefits. So, if I share in the benefit that he's more than a conqueror, what, me- that, what does that make you? More than a conqueror. If he overcome the grave, what does that make you? Overcomer. What am I trying to get across to you? You need to stop living like you are not at the seat of a royal king. Hello, I'm Vernon Hill Sr., teaching pastor here at TCF. Hello, my name is Aretha Hill. I am the director of Glory Girls. Thank you for watching us today. If you're in need of a church community and you feel the Lord leading you to connect to this ministry, become more than a member. Be a partner. When you partner with TCF, you become an agent of change, assisting the vision and the mission of the church to connect lives of the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. We would love to partner in community and do life with you. So come to TCF. We look forward to seeing you. And remember, transformation starts here. You ain't at the seat of just oh anybody oh no some Kentucky Fried Chicken joint. You are at the seat, ladies and gentlemen, of the royal King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Let me tell you something. It matters who you sit next to, cause everybody don't get a chance to sit at the table. Every let, let me bring it back this way, ladies and gentlemen. You're not just going to show up at no presidential cabinet dinner and stuff like that unless you've been invited. You're not getting in there unless you've been invited. Those of you who know, we were at this joint uh, called uh, the, the 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 Stork Ball, and guess what? Thank God I was invited and I was there for free. And when you're there, you get to sit with senators and you get to sit with congressmen and you're sitting next to them and I'm seeing them raise money. You get to hear what they talk about in politics because I was invited. (laughs) And when you're invited there, ladies and gentlemen, and when you're invited to certain places of power, ladies and gentlemen, people in the room don't assume who you are. They just always, they just make the assumption you must be somebody important. Because you wouldn't be sitting there if you weren't of some type of importance. Now, you don't really know who I am. You don't really know what I do. But the reality is it don't matter because it matters who I'm next to. (laughs) Oh, my God. So it's the same thing with Christ. I'm invited to seat at the table. But only those who make the decision to come into fellowship with him can sit there. And if I'm sitting at the table, the same benefits that Jesus gets, the people that sit with him gets it as well. Oh, my God. Jesus, I praise you. And so what I'm trying to tell you today is that you need to live like you are royalty because you have a seat at the table. You are seated with him in heavenly places. So if the dark world don't have power over Jesus, it don't got power over who? You. I'm just trying to tell you, you need to know who you are. You need to know what you operate in. 
because this is why we celebrate our uh, the Holy Week. Because of his atoning work, we get to sit at the table. Every Jesus told a parable that he put an inv invitation out. And only a few people accepted the invitation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a closed invitation to sit at the table. There's those that Jesus has made a, a call to everyone that would come to the party. Ladies and gentlemen, the invitation, we live in a time of grace where the invitation is open. But there's coming a time, I hear you, where the trumpet is going to sound. And that trumpet is going to close, ladies and gentlemen, the invitation. Oh, my God, that those will be outside of the party trying to get in and you can't get in no more. Because it's closed. Ladies and gentlemen, the delicacies have been put out. Food has been laid. The best of the best for the best of the best has been laid out, ladies and gentlemen. That's what Jesus thinks of you, that he thinks you're the best of the best. That's why he gave his life for you. Even while we are no good, he gave his life for you. Why? Because he knows that when I get into you, I'm going to make you the best of the best. You're going to be a best upon the rest. And the reality of the matter is, is if you live in the way of which God has called you and I, you live like you seated at the table. You take on another confidence when you sit it next to power. Let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I feel a little something when I sit next to people who are powerful. I feel powerful. I feel like I can say, hey, go, go, go fetch me some water. I feel like I could do that. Because I'm sitting next to power. And here's the thing about it is that when you are seated with Jesus, when you are seated with Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, it is not that I can, it's a confidence that you have because of what he has. You take the same benefit in. All right. Lastly, let me give you a verse. Here we go. Ephesians. Ephesians, blessed be God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing. Where? Yo, if my eyes deceiving me, it says, blessed be the God and Father of who? Our, Our Lord Father Jesus Christ. Christ. Who did what? Who With what? Every Where? In, the in who? In so if I'm in Christ, what do I have? Every, Every spiritual blessing. And who was it given it to you from? Blessed be God and Father of who? Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. I got every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I don't lack anything. I say it over your life. I don't lack anything. I don't care if you feel lack right now. Say, I don't lack anything. Why? Because I have every spiritual blessing. I don't lack for I don't lack for love. I have that. I don't lack for joy. I have that. I don't lack for peace. I got that. <laughs> I don't lack for a sound mind. I got that too. <laughs> I have every spiritual blessing. God has given me everything as it pertains to life and godliness. 
I don't like nothing. You don't like anything. You have every spiritual blessing. Say it again. I don't lack anything. Why? Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as who? Sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. You are you are not an orphan to God. You've been adopted as sons and daughters of the most high God. I share in what Jesus shares. I share in what he shares. You have to realize that because he's seated. Now, he ain't just there sitting. I can't get into that right now, but he's doing more than that just while sitting. Because guess what? Because he's at the right hand of power, he's able to advocate for us. <laughs> you have an advocate in heaven, and you have an advocate here on the earth. You have an advocate in Jesus in heaven, and you have his spirit as an advocate here on the earth. You don't have to worry about stuff because God is always fighting for you. You need to remember that. If the grass is always covered, if the lilies of the field are always covered, if animals are not lacking anything, what makes that you, that they are above you, that he can't provide for you? He can provide for you. You just have to realize that he's there. Stand on your feet. He's seated. He's seated. Hallelujah. He's seated. And I, I and you have to realize that because he's seated, I share in the same, the same blessing of Jesus Christ. The same. I have it right now. Lord God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time right now, oh God of your word. I pray, God, may your people realize that they are seated with you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, that they are seated with you. Oh God, and we worship you because you are seated. We worship you because you sit high. But guess what? We worship you that you sit high, but you still look low. And we thank you. God, we thank you. Daily I shall worship thee, Lamb of God who died for me who extended endless mercies daily I shall worship thee daily I shall worship thee Lamb of God who died for me who extended endless mercy daily i shall worship thee we worship him because he's seated daily i shall worship thee lamb of god who died for me why because who extended 
endless mercy daily I shall worship thee daily I shall worship thee Lamb of God who died for me who extended endless mercy daily I shall worship thee hallelujah bread of life sent down from glory many things you were on earth a holy king a carpenter you are the living word say awesome ruler gentile redeemer god with us say god with us the living truth and what a friend we have in you you are the living you are the living jesus 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 that's what we call you that's what we call you hallelujah but on a tree you died to save you man come on you are the living word you are the That's what we call you, Major Born, Major Born, but on a tree you died to save humanity. You are the same Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's what we call you. That's what we call you, Major Born. Say, Major Born, but on a tree you died. It's as simple as giving your life to him. You don't got to jump through hoops. You don't got to do all of that. 
He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you could do that as well. That if you drifted away from him, that's okay. Guess what? He's still here. He didn't leave the relationship you did. But guess what? He's still saying, come back on home. If you're looking for a church home and you want to partner with us today, I would love to be your pastor. We would love to ingrained you in this community called Transformation Christian Fellowship. But as I tell you every week, I'm more concerned that I'll see you again by you making a commitment to follow Christ Jesus today. So with every person in, in, um, here in the building and those of you who are watching online, everyone repeat this prayer after me so no one feels left out. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord. I repent of my sin. I ask you today to make me again that I acknowledge that you were that you died that you were buried and that you rose again and that you ascended to the right hand of the father for me and today I want to make you the Lord over my life in the name of Jesus amen if you said that prayer for the very first time text that number on the screen 9400 transform we thank you jesus for this moment come on let's celebrate them and say oh oh Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1, to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.